Doug Kessler is the creative director and co-founder of Velocity Partners, a multi-award winning London-based B2B content marketing agency. They help their clients develop compelling stories, then drive these stories into the marketplace. Doug, thanks for being back on the show. Thanks. Glad to be here. So first question, how are you doing? Okay. You know, um, okay. I think, you know, we were ready to go working from home quite quickly and seamlessly because we always did everything on Slack. And so that part hasn't been too bad. Mm. Some, some people suffer more than others from the working from home. Um, and a little bit of slowdown as you'd expect, but not as dramatic as one feared yet. Mm-hmm. I, you know, should probably put yet after every answer uh, <laughs> today, but so far yeah. it's okay. It's all okay. Yeah. Really interesting. It, it's a moving, uh, sort of, goalposts at the moment and it, it just feels as though last week seemed like a very long time ago and things are just moving at a, a rate of knots uh which is super interesting you you've got a really interesting post called worrying from home which i, I really like the uh the, the title um and you've got a post which says is it okay to just do normal marketing yet and i think you were alluding to the fact that you'd come across some uh, brand advertising uh, that you thought was just normal and traditional uh, and, a, and a sort of a throwback to normal times before this crisis sort of hit us. And you said, um, uh, you know, weirdly, I'm starting not just to accept this normal marketing uh, in abnormal times. I'm starting to actually feel comforted by it. Discuss. Yeah, it was weird because a few days into the crisis, I was a little bit shocked and offended by marketing that was marketing as normal, as if the sky hadn't fallen. Hmm. And in fact, we committed that offense by having it. We auto posted. It was a scheduled blog post about a marketing topic. And it went live, you know, at the very beginning of of the crisis. And it was embarrassing. It's like, why did we just do that? Hmm. And it was a bad call, my fault. And so I was sensitized to that. And when I was seeing marketing that clearly had the trigger had been pulled before the crisis. It felt weird and tone deaf. And I was I thought, what kind of brand is this? What planet Hmm. are they on? Hmm. And only a few days later, my feelings started to change. And I realized, you know, there's a lot of marketing that's all about COVID and crisis and uncertainty. Hmm. And then some that isn't. And I was starting to think, you know what, it's okay if, if what you do doesn't relate to this topic, then to this crisis, then maybe it's okay to, to just keep keep on keeping on. Mm, super interesting. So how have your own thoughts progressed and changed on that as the weeks have gone on? Because you then go on to say relevance is relative. If your products don't help us work remotely or they don't kill germs or they don't help us kill time and they don't ventilate our lungs or protect first responders, then please don't pretend as if they do, uh, which I thought was super, super interesting. So that begs a question, who should be communicating at this time and who shouldn't be? Because there have been so many brands that have come out of the woodwork, maybe that I purchased from five years ago to tell yeah. me that they're all, they're all okay. We're here with you. Maybe it was a pencil shop and a brand that I bought from. Um, nice. uh, and it feels as though they really shouldn't be communicating with me right now, but who should be communicating and who shouldn't be? Well, it's a really good question. I think it's it varies by brand and relationship that you have with the brand. And also over time, it's been changing fast. So I hesitate to give an answer that's definitive at all, except mm. to be sensitive to those things like what role do you really play in someone's life? 
Um, don't inflate that. You know, PayPal sent me a note saying they're here for me through thick and thin. And it's like, look, I use you to buy guitar strings <laughs> once in a while. I, I, if I were a small, you know, a, a business where PayPal was 90% of my payment mm. rails, then I would probably, you know, want to hear from them. Mm. But as a, as an end user, I, you know, it felt a bit tone deaf to me. Mm. And that tone deafness is a moving thing. It's mm. a zone that's fuzzy. It's not hard. Um, I do think one shouldn't pretend to be more relevant to the crisis than you are. That's a big mistake. And then if you happen to be very relevant, like a remote working app or something, just be careful of the tone deaf line. You know, it's going to be easy to look like you won the COVID lottery and you and you're gloating a little bit. Um, we had we had saw a client who we didn't do the email, but we they got a ton of unsubscribes and we uh, went to look at the email and it was pretty inoffensive, hmm. but it did refer to COVID and how their products might help in these times. And it got a real big chunk of unsubscribes. Hmm. And it, it's hard to know if that's if it had triggered offense, but it, it, it kind of looked like it had. So the answer is really different for every brand, every relationship with customer segments within that brand. And then over time, things are changing, you know, things that might have been okay in the first few days uh, aren't. And one thing I would urge marketers to do is to not harshly judge each other too much. Mm. There will be the occasional act of profiteering that's quite crass and deserves calling out as such. But mostly we're trying to figure this thing out. Mm. We're scared ourselves about our own businesses and what's relevant and right. And we're trying, I mean, there's no playbook for global mm. pandemic yet. And hopefully we'll never be we'll, one. Right. But, uh, so I just think we should learn from each other and try to figure out where those lines are. Mm. Not overly shame people who inadvertently trip over them. Mm. Because there will be mistakes. I was speaking to a CMO yesterday of a, of a large um, B2B brand and he was saying that now, before anything goes out at all, he's he's double and triple checking any piece of communication that goes out, especially more so now, because if something to him seems fine, but then to someone else in some way, shape or form, it's a little bit tone deaf or insensitive. He wants to make sure that he nips it in the bud straight away because of the potential backlash from it. And I'd be interested to sort of get, get your thoughts on that, because it seems as though a lot of brands right now are just terrified of making a mistake yeah and i think it's probably right that you don't want to and you watch some others and get shamed on internet and on the internet and you yeah. it's such a horrible thing to go through and some of the brands you gloat and think haha you know you've got it wrong like the jenner coke ad and people laugh but then you think there but for the grace of god go i we could trip over that line sure. bring the whole internet down on our head and that shaming is deep so the fear is is good. It's called sensitivity and one should be super sensitive. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a hard one to know. And it's probably even harder for someone for whom one's products are relevant. Hmm. So, you know, Slack's one of our clients and obviously remote working is going to be a very big, big topic right now and will be. So are, should they be quiet? No, I don't think they should be quiet. It's, it's just how, you know, it's quite a subtle thing about mm. how you go out there and tell people that your products can help. And I guess one of the principles I would like to see more do is 
don't just talk about stuff, do stuff to help. So hmm. if you were to say to a certain customer group, well, it's free for the first 60 days or schools get it free or, um, you know, that kind of thing that says we're not here to profit. We are relevant. We are helpful, but we don't have to make maximum money out of that fact, you know. Hmm. Aside from the communications uh, challenge that a lot of brands have at the moment, what are some of the other questions that your clients are asking you at the moment? Because it seems to me from the conversations that I've been having, a lot of brands are sort of writing off, almost writing off 2020 from a revenue generation profitability standpoint and really looking to sort of 2021 um, as, as to sort of what 2020 should have been. Um and that strikes me as an opportunity for agencies to really help brands think about sort of what that uh, first quarter of 2021 should look like um, and mm. how they should be structuring their businesses at that point onwards. What are some of the other questions that your clients yeah. are asking you? I mean, a lot of them are about, about okay, what's the non-tone deaf way to do this and what can we do? Some of it is what what should we be doing and and you know it, to help people out right now those are really good questions and then it may be you know very tactical things like look we can't do events anymore we have event budget and event teams where can we put them where where can we put that resource and you know more and more it's it's okay well let's look harder at demand gen and things that are much closer to the money and digital and online and um so that's that's certainly one of the things we're seeing too. What we're trying to get clients to start thinking about now is emergence. And yeah, what will emergence look like from a marketing standpoint? It doesn't mean you have to pull any triggers too soon, but there will be an emergence. We don't quite know what shape it'll be in, what it'll look like, but if we want to get ahead of that, because right mm. now no one's ahead of the actual crisis. We're all chasing it and figuring it out. But we can think months ahead to how do you want to market as we emerge from this? And I would say, you know, it's a good time to put some real thought into that and energy and resources so that you're ready with something quite considered and well, well considered and ready to go for for when it's time to return to a, a normal world. How, how much do you think life will change after this, Doug? I mean, both in terms of the agency world um, I'm hearing a lot of people saying that um, those well-run agencies, the ones that are profitable and strong, will be in a better position um, post-crisis. They'll probably thrive. Um, a lot of the less well-run ones will probably go out of business, sadly to say, um, and the bigger ones will actually become bigger and stronger. Um, talk about what the future may look like for the agency world, for business in general. Probably the same thing applies for other businesses as well. Um, yeah. maybe travel, the environment. Um, yeah. yeah. Really hard, hard, obviously, to predict future at all. I mean, I, I do think a lot about, will we look back and go, remember those funny months during COVID? Wasn't that a funny time? Mm -hmm. Or we'll look back and go, remember life before COVID? Hmm. You know, very different kind of memory. You know? And I'm, I don't know which. I do think you can't underestimate human's capacity to deny and repress and forget inconvenient truths. So mm -hmm. the, the, the impulse to get back to absolute normal will be strong, whether it's good or not. Um, I do think, you know, financial strength in an agency is an underrated thing. And 
for us, it's something we've paid a lot of attention to because we think it equates to freedom, freedom to make choices and choose your clients carefully and choose your people carefully and do, you know, you've got some health to say, we're not going to be profitable on this project because we want to learn or we want to over-service that one. So let's go for it. And so I do think that the people who've paid a bit more attention to the financial side will do, will more likely to survive. And I don't think it's always the biggest at all. I think mm. some of the biggest are in the most trouble. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I, I really don't want to think in terms of opportunity in that sense. I just think right now of kind of survival and um, strength. And, and you do think, well, what, what are the more robust parts of the business, the most robust parts? And for us, it's a, a content performance practice that's very much a show me the money kind of practice. Mm. And so that's proving already, you know, a pretty strong uh, strong resistance to to a downturn. Um, no one wants to turn off a revenue tap. So um, I think it might be a mistake if the whole marketing um, ecosystem swings to demand gen entirely and forgets the long term brand play and how much that helps demand mm. gen and everything else. But I suspect that'll happen. I think we're going to see a an accelerated shift to the kind of um, performance marketing demand gen side of things. Mm. I guess a lot of this has to do with what consumers do when we come out of this. You know, are we going to be going to the cinema as much, going swimming, going to restaurants as much, flying? Um, yeah. You could argue that sort of what happened after 9-11, uh, sort of obviously, you know, um, flights dropped off a cliff. But then a year or two afterwards, they kind of came back to where they were prior to 9-11. Um, that's the probably the closest example that I can think of sort of shaking consumer confidence and sort of yeah. rebounding it. How do you think we're going to respond when we come out of this thing? Are we also, are we going to be wanting to stay on zoom and working from home or is there going to be a yearning to go back into the office? How, how's the consumer going to respond? Yeah. I mean, as far as our, you know, our own people, you know, 60 of us working from home, it's a mixed bag. So some are loving it, you know, no problem. Mm. There's just hate, hate, hate working from home. <laughs> uh, there's a middle ground where people have realized, wow, I can get a lot done, and it's mm. an option for me in the future. I think businesses are discovering just how much can get done from home, and mm -hmm. I expect, I don't think we'll go back to pre-COVID levels of working from home and remote work. I think it'll it'll stay higher, and mm. you know, from the B two B point of view, um, I think I would expect that. Um, some sectors you just don't know. I don't know how crews would ever recover. I mean, I guess what it does is like, can you show people that you've taken steps that, that they feel safe again? You know, if you have like with 9-11, um, the security went up so much at airports, sure. you started thinking, okay, I'm, I'm good now. Yeah. And the equivalent has to happen here that I'm, I'm surprised in a way that there isn't already almost like a, a COVID safe mark for food processing and things like that it, to say, interesting follow a code, you know, right. we, that kind of thing. Um, but I guess it's early for that, for that. Um, yeah. it's really uh, capitalism is incredibly resilient. And I think when there's some obstacle to making money, people find a way to, mm -hmm. to figure that out and solve it. Mm, super, super interesting. Um, my, my fiance is a brand manager for, for Speedo and, um, the, the swimwear brand and she's thinking and battling with, well, how do we get consumers to re-enter the swimming pool? Um, when you're in an environment that's probably, you, you're probably the most vulnerable, 
right? There's yeah. water, there's, uh, you know, there's all different sorts of, um, and I, I think you're right about sort of some sort of hygiene mark, very similar to what the hotels do when they uh, sort of give you a, uh, they, they, they do a square in the tissue or a triangle in the tissue to show you that the room has been cleaned or the bathroom yeah. has been cleaned. It's that yeah. sort of mark that gives consumers confidence to go, oh, okay, I can re-enter the restaurant now or, or what have you. I do think that'll be a principle for emergence, which is, it's not just what can we say to make people feel more confident? It's what can we do so mm. that we can look them in the eye and make them feel more confident because we know it's safe. And if you can do that, if it's like, look, we took these 10 steps, we can look anyone in the eye and say, get in the pool. It's a great place hmm. to be. But until we do that, that's obviously irresponsible to urge people to, if we, unless we know for ourselves sure. that, that it is a good thing to do. Hmm. Super interesting. Last, last couple of questions, Doug, and then I'll, I'll let you go. How are you uh, staying grounded at this, at this time? And how have your own emotions kind of emerged and flexed and changed over the last four or five, six weeks? I don't even know what week we're on right now. I'm losing track of time. Um, yeah, yeah. But how have your own, describe how your own emotions have sort of changed over this time and where are you now? <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been quite a roller coaster. And we have such great people that, that I'm very just like encouraged and even moved by just how everyone's responded and the, the spirit of the place. But, you know, I used to think of other business owners or founders saying, I've got 50 families to take care of. And, I'm, you know, and I always thought, bullshit, you know, they're carrying you, you're not carrying them. They're mm. adults. This is a job. And I started to feel more responsible than I ever have before. Like, I've like, in a normal time, you send someone out into the job market, they're going to find another job. And you should know you're only one of many options and be humble about it. And now I feel like, well, what a terrible time to send somebody into the mm. job market. And I don't want to do that. And mm. so we, we don't want to. And, you know, everyone knows things get bad enough that that's one of your options that you may have to take. We're trying really, really hard not to. And it's a heavy, heavier weight than I've experienced before where, um, you know, I just feel like we really want to protect our folks from having to try to make their way out in the job market like this. Mm. So that's one of the big feelings. Um, and I guess there's the plain old worry of uncertainty, but then there's also in the middle of it all, this kind of feeling of all of the fundamentals of life and business are, are still there. And the things we were always proud of, we can be proud of. You always worry about a crisis. What will it reveal about a character and a culture? Mm. Like, person and a company hmm. and i'm really really proud of the culture that's been revealed at velocity and hmm. the people and how we're handling it and the values that are there hmm. uh, i guess i'm not at all surprised but you always worry you know hmm. like you know you think in war would i be a coward you know and you, never <laughs> know, and you just don't know and so you don't want to be talking about it yeah so far it's been we have weathered it well i know it's it could be very early in the whole thing yeah i feel like uh we got it sorted. So there's still the uncertainty is certainly anxiety producing, but I've always been okay with uncertainty. I'm, I'm not that I do do dark, um, scenario building, you know what I mean? But, um, but generally, you know, I have a, a feeling things are going to work out fine. Mm. I know everyone's going to be a little bit hurt by it, 
you know, they say what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, but it also can leave you pretty beaten up. <laughs> <laughs> right, within an inch of your life. Um, okay, I like to end all of these shows with a silver linings piece, and you've, you've kind of done that a little bit there, Doug, but um, I, I want to ask so, sort of what have your own silver linings been, both personally and professionally? I, you know, for me, yeah. I've spent a lot more time with my fiancé and, and my six-year-old stepson, which has been right. a, true, a true blessing, but... What what have some of those silver linings been for you personally and professionally? Yeah, the um, just seeing the British spirit, like wartime hmm. spirit, has been uh, super moving and and important. Um, the NHS the NHS clap at eight pm, hmm. you know, Thursdays. That's that's incredible. Hmm. So things like that, like for me, the it's exposed my how deep my privilege was. And I'm a bit ashamed of what I took for granted. Um, what do you mean? So that, well, you know, like the guy comes and takes the rubbish away and you think, yeah, it's his job. Uh. And, or the, you know, obviously a nurse, uh, a midwife, stuff like that. You think mm. well, it's their job. Then you realize, fuck, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's important. Yeah, it really and is. So just the idea that, you know, as rich rich country we we're used to um, being in control of our own destiny sure. right? and then all over the world there are people who like war or famine or something takes away their ability to protect their families and live their lives the way they want they've got no agency in their life and we get this tiny taste of it in the rich west tiny and it's this massive revelation. Mm. And that's kind of what I mean by being ashamed by that. It's like a whole lot of people live Interesting. in a world where they have no agency at all, no control over their sure. lives. And, um, so for me, a silver lining is taking less for granted and, and appreciating more. And the fact that I'm seeing all that kind of kindness all around is, is, is a silver lining. Mm. That's beautiful and a, and a great place to end. Doug Kessler is the creative director and co-founder of Velocity Partners. Doug, thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Nathan. Enjoyed it. In response to the situation, we'll be putting out regular COVID-19 podcast updates to share how world-class agencies and business leaders are responding to these challenges. Topics will include finance, steps agencies should be taking, and the latest on government initiatives. HR, what measures agencies should be putting in place and answering questions on SSP business continuity planning, working remotely, how to optimize your remote working setup and platforms, managing stress and anxiety, advice on staying strong for yourself, your family and your employees, sales and marketing, how to emerge stronger post-crisis, supporting others and much, much more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.